0: My name is Tim, uh, and I'm one of the members here, and it's my joy uh, to add my welcome to that of Duncan's. It's so good to see people who have braved the weather, got through the sickness, uh, and made it out this morning. And we're so glad to see so many visitors who have chosen to celebrate Christmas with us uh, this morning. And I'm going to bring us the talk this morning, The Ordinary Extraordinary Christmas now, there's not much things that are, that, that are ordinary about Christmas, is there? I mean, look at you guys this morning. You're all dressed in what I would call extraordinary clothes. Yeah, you, you don't have normal things at Christmas. If, if you go down to, 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 to the city hall, the, the, the normal city hall now looks extraordinary. If you look at all the lights, imagine having to put, take down all those Christmas tree lights and put them in your attic. That is An extraordinary view. And even the boring shops that we get dragged to on a Saturday afternoon, like Avoca or or down to Victoria Square, even they look extraordinary at Christmas. And your mum and dads, they go to their favorite coffee shop, and the cups are now red to make that average coffee just that little bit more extraordinary. So everything at Christmas becomes a little bit more extraordinary, even a boring pair of socks. When they're wrapped up at Christmas Day and you open them, they're just a wee bit special and you have to be really grateful uh, about a pair of socks wrapped up on Christmas Day. But this morning I want to think about why is it that Christmas makes the ordinary things extraordinary? Why is it that Christmas makes ordinary things extraordinary? And so to help, I want us to go back to the very first Christmas and we're going to start off with my ordinary box and we're going to learn about three characters from the first Christmas story, and they were pretty ordinary characters. Uh, We first want to read from Luke chapter 2, and and, and we get introduced to the first of the two characters. It says in Luke chapter 1, sorry, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. Now, we've already seen someone dressed up as Mary this morning. We don't actually really know exactly what Mary looked like, but she was from a very ordinary place, a very ordinary place called Nazareth. In fact, Nazareth wasn't really very special at all. It was known for growing olives. Now You might think olives are pretty fancy and maybe they only come out in your house at Christmas. But uh, they grew on trees in Nazareth, and and that's really all it was known for. Uh, And what we know about Mary was that she was planning to get married. I'm sure she was very excited about that. I'm sure she was planning the wedding. She was engaged. But the wedding probably wasn't going to be that extraordinarily different to everybody else's wedding in Nazareth. And then we've been introduced to the second character I want us to think about, and that was Joseph. And we learn a little bit more about Joseph in Matthew. In Matthew chapter 1, this is what the Word of God says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, uh, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So we're introduced now to Joseph. He was another sort of ordinary chap who lived in ordinary Nazareth. And we, we know from other parts of the Bible that he was a carpenter. So I wonder, maybe he maybe had some ordinary tools. Maybe he had an ax like this for felling down his wood. And he, he would have made different things, uh, maybe uh, for the home that he and Mary were gonna have when they got married. Maybe he made her uh, maybe a wooden spoon. I don't know. He he could have made all sorts of things with wood. He was was just an ordinary carpenter. But then one day, he heard the news that Mary was pregnant and the baby wasn't his. So, what was he gonna do? Now, Joseph was an ordinary but very good man and he wanted to work out what was the best thing that he could do, what was the right thing that he could do in this extremely difficult situation. And so he decided that he was going to have to separate from Mary. They were no longer going to be able to get married. And he was exceptionally sad about that. But as an ordinary man, there was nothing else he could do. And he wanted to do the right thing for Mary and the right thing before God. And so he decided he was going to have to separate. And they were no longer going to get married. Because she was pregnant and he wasn't the father. And so he went to bed that night exceptionally sad. Exceptionally sad. Now... I want to introduce our third and final character from The Ordinary Box, but we're going to do it by singing another carol. And I want you to listen and see if you can tell me afterwards who the third set of characters are. I obviously can't say the name of the carol because that would give it away. So please stand after the introduction and we're going to sing our next carol. Fantastic singing again. Now, did anybody pick up who is our third character from that carol? Matt? Matt? No. Who was the ordinary? The shepherds, that's right. And in Luke chapter two, we're introduced to the shepherds. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Now they were in a different village. They were in Bethlehem. And they had ordinary sheep that they were watching over. And uh, we have our shepherds here. I don't know what they looked like. Maybe they looked like that. And uh, with their ordinary sheep, you got ordinary wool and made ordinary jumpers, not Christmas jumpers uh, like this. And the thing about shepherds was shepherds weren't really well liked back then. Maybe it was because they were smelly. I don't know. Maybe it was because they lived outside a lot. Or maybe it was because they traveled quite a bit because they had to follow their sheep and take them to different places. But nobody really liked shepherds. They didn't get very many of these party invitations. They were left out quite often. And they weren't much liked, but they were just ordinary shepherds. And so we've got ordinary Mary, we've got ordinary Joseph, we've got ordinary shepherds. And the point we're trying to make is that the Christmas story starts with ordinary people. And maybe you're here this morning and you think maybe like Mary, you're too young. Maybe you think you're too old. Maybe like Joseph, you've got yourself in some difficult situations. Or maybe like Joseph, you're very sad. And you've maybe felt like the shepherds felt, which was feeling left out. It's not a nice feeling to be feeling left out. But every single one of them are brought in, each one of those ordinary people, each one of them is brought in to the Christmas story that goes from ordinary to extraordinary. And the Christmas story then is for you too, it's for me, it's for every single one of us. Whether we're just ordinary people, or people who feel too young, feel too old, feel a little sad, or in difficult situations, or sometimes feel left out, the Christmas story comes to each one of us, is for each one of us this morning. Now we're going to sing another carol, and we're going to have some readings from some people to find out how these ordinary people went on a Christmas adventure to become an extraordinary story. So we're going to stand and sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Fantastic. We've just sung about the angels, so now we're going to hear from the Bible our readings uh, to find out. What happened next in our Christmas adventure? So first Colleen, then Ruth Ann, and then Matthew.
1: Reading from Luke 1, 26 to 35. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David,
0: Matthew, chapter 1, verse 20 to 21. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because that what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Luke chapter two, verse eight to 12. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Thank you so much. Now, let's put our ordinary box away and get on to the extraordinary box. So, I don't know about you, but... I know you guys are wearing Christmas jumpers, but and that makes it pretty extraordinary, but the most extraordinary thing I enjoy about Christmas is the fact that sausages wear bacon. That's pretty extraordinary. I don't know why we don't do that all the time. And you know what, sometimes big people, they wear Christmas, they get silly jumpers on as well. I, I, um, I haven't worn a Christmas jumper in a long time, and Susie wouldn't let me wear it this morning, so I had to get a photograph of it up. But we do try and make Christmas extraordinary, don't we? We put lots of effort in to being generous to each other and buying gifts. And whenever it comes to Christmas dinner, we have crackers. That makes it pretty extraordinary, doesn't it? And whenever we go back to this first Christmas story, we've read about how that each of our ordinary characters met an angel. That's pretty extraordinary. Now, we don't know what angels exactly look like, but we do know every time anybody ever saw an angel, they were really scared because they were frightening. Messengers come from God. And each one of our characters each met an extraordinary angel and got extraordinary news. Now, the first one came to Mary and she got some extraordinary news. I don't know if, um, if any of you remember, but this year we had an announcement, didn't we, of a king who was proclaimed across uh, our United Kingdom. And if you were at school in Hillsborough, you got the day off, and you got to go and stand in the street and wave this little flag, and there was cannons exploding across the village, and there was a band playing, and there was a man in a silly outfit, Ruben, put on the next slide, um, who announced that the king had been declared Charles III. And the angel that came to Mary made this incredible announcement that the king that God had promised, the savior king that God had promised would come. But what's incredible is the baby in her tummy was going to be this promised king. Isn't that extraordinary? So that was the, the message that came to Mary. What about Joseph? Well, remember he went to bed very sad because of the difficult situation he was in. But he also saw the angel Gabriel. And, and the Gabriel it, it, it gave him a message that was extraordinary. And that was that the baby that was in Mary's tummy was going to be a boy. But not only was it going to be a boy, he also told Joseph what his name was going to be And what his job was going to be. I wonder if mums and dads or older people can imagine going to a baby shower and and you sort of say, congratulations, do you know what you're going to have? Yes, it's going to be a boy, his name's going to be Phil, and he's going to be a plumber. I mean, that's very extraordinary, isn't it? But this gender reveal from the angel wasn't just an ordinary gender reveal because we found out his name. Now, let's see if I can pop these balloons to prepare for a bang. Ooh. What was his name gonna be? His name, Jesus. The angel told Joseph his name was gonna be Jesus because the job he was gonna do, (laughs) let's see what job he was gonna do, he was gonna be a savior. Isn't that extraordinary? This baby that was going to be born from Mary was not only the long-promised king that God had promised for years that he was going to send, he was going to be called Jesus, and he was going to save people from sin. That's what the angel told to Joseph. Now, we don't like to talk about sin much anymore. But you know, in our house, what I often hear, I often hear people say, hey, that's not fair. Did you ever say that? I've never had to teach my children to know what was fair or not fair for them. Now, I have to teach them to be fair to other people, but they seem to always know when someone hasn't been fair to them. And in many ways, sin is a bit like that. It's when God says, actually, that's not fair. That's not right. And God perfectly knows what is right and what is wrong, and he can point out The things that are wrong, and that's what we call sin, the wrongdoing. And and the thing about sin is we're really good at seeing other people doing sin, but we're not so good at seeing our own sin. And at the heart of this extraordinary Christmas message is that we, the message is the truth that we need a savior. And the angel came to Joseph and said, the baby in Mary's tummy is going to be called Jesus because he's going to save people from their sin. Well, what about the angels that came to the shepherds? They announced good news. They said, good news. There's good news in the city of David, in Bethlehem, down in the city, there has been a baby who's been born who is the long-promised king. And he gave them a checklist. The angels gave them a checklist. He said, you go and find this baby. You'll find him wrapped in strips of cloth. But weirdly, you're going to find him in a feeding box? But they had these three checklists that they had to use to go and try and find the baby Jesus. It's incredible, isn't it? At the heart of the Christmas story, it's the God's king who has come. He's come to be our savior, and he was to be found in an animal's feeding box. It reminds us, doesn't it, that Christmas is for the ordinary. It is for All of us, all of us who need a Savior, who have done wrong, who need forgiveness, we can find it in Jesus. We're going to sing our last carol, and then I'm going to come back and give us part three, our conclusion, our final box, after we sing Away in a Manger. So before we look in our final box, uh, Nick is going to come and give us our final reading from Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, 15 to 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger fantastic so Mary hadn't done the normal stuff that you do to have a baby, but yet there was a baby in a way That was pretty extraordinary wasn't it So we could say that this was an extraordinary baby But actually when you look would have looked at the baby It would have had ten fingers ten toes It would have looked just very ordinary. It would have cried needed fed needed, looked after. In many ways, actually, it was uh, an ordinary baby. And that's the amazing thing about the Christmas story. That baby in that feeding box was both extraordinary. It was the son of God. But he was also, if if you look at him, very ordinary. He was truly human. He was both extraordinary and ordinary. And, And when Mary saw uh, the, the baby. When Joseph saw the baby, he named him Jesus because he believed what the angel said that he would save his people from the sins. And whenever the shepherds came down, they brought their checklist, maybe in their head, they didn't maybe have it written down, and they found the baby, they found the strips of cloth, and they found him in the feeding box. And so, as we read in the passage, they were overjoyed because what the good news that the angels had told them was obviously true because it ticked all the checklists that the angels had given them. So as we finish, I want us to think about the incredible Christmas adventure that these three ordinary characters had, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds. And they had an extraordinary encounter with the angels, which led them to the baby in the feeding box, who was both extraordinary and ordinary Mary you know she it said in our passage she pondered these things in her heart she thought about it deeply and she continued to consider how amazing it was that she was the one who brought God's promise king into the world I wonder if that's you this morning you need to think about this a little bit more spend some time this Christmas thinking about this ordinary extraordinary baby in the feeding box You know, Joseph, he obeyed the angel, didn't he? He called him Jesus, just like the angel told him to do, because he trusted that he would save people from sin. And Joseph was proven to be true, because as Jesus grew up, he did prove himself to be this extraordinary savior. He taught like nobody else could. He cared for people like nobody else could. And most wonderfully of all, he forgave sin like nobody else could. And we see that most perfectly in the Easter story when Jesus went to the cross and died for sin. Maybe this morning, you need to trust the word of God. Trust Jesus as your savior for your sin. Finally, the shepherds. We read in that reading in Luke chapter two, they were so excited. They were so delighted to have been given this good news. They were no longer the ones who were left out. Now they were the first to meet this extraordinary, ordinary baby, baby Jesus, that they started to tell everybody. Because that's what you do when you find out such good, good news. So maybe this morning, we could be like the shepherds. We could tell everybody the good news about the baby who was born and placed in the feeding box. Thank you so much for your attention. I'm going to hand back over to Duncan. Duncan.